All right, welcome back to another episode of the Black Bullion Show. Why gold? Why not just stack vintage wine? You know, there's more use for it, right? Why is it that all of you gold bugs think the sky is falling? Well, these are just a handful of questions and statements that you may have come across from time to time as a holder of gold and also silver. Uh, people think we're just crazies who live in our mom's basements and, you know, read in our, in our Reddit all day, reading subreddits and everything. And while that may be true for some of us, um, and again, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but the largest holders of gold, uh, you could even say the largest gold bugs in the world, actually show that the basement dweller uh, view that people have on us is actually the exception and not the rule when you look at the holdings uh, by weight. Now, continued acquisitions of gold usually denote a firm um, opposition to a long dollar. Now, in a moment, I'll show you why you should feel confident in your holding of gold and silver but first if you're new to this channel please hit that big red subscribe button right down below also please hit the like button helps to get this economic evangelism right on out there to the masses to bring more people into precious metals now we have a new one here from CNBC entitled the dollar may slide further but analysts say its demise is greatly exaggerated now, you guys should know by now that I would disagree with that, you know, those analysts in that second part of that sentence there, but let's hear their argument out a bit. So I'm going to scroll all the way down to this last section here. The dollar's demise greatly exaggerated. Analysts argue, however, that recent fears that the dollar may lose its status as the world's reserve currency are overblown. Research firm Capital Economics senior economist Jonas Golterman says talk of the dollar's downfall is greatly exaggerated. He said dollar bearers have pointed to the greenback's declining share of global foreign exchange reserves over the past few years. According to international monetary fund data, the dollar's share of total global reserves fell from 64.7% in the first quarter of 2017 to around 62% in the first quarter of 2020. In the last quarter of 2019, it saw a low of 60.9%. Golterman said, however, the dollar index's decline since March can be attributed to reasons other than the currency's reserve status, including low interest rates and Europe's step to stimulate the uh, continent's economy. The latter has spurred a remarkable shift toward the euro. Since June, the dollar has lost around 6.6% against the euro. In fact, Golterman argues that the Roni's issue has reinforced the dollar's role as the key global currency. He noted that the greenback surged as safe haven demand jumped in March as the issue swelled in the US, Europe, and elsewhere just going to pause here. I mean, if you want to call a surge going a little bit above 100 in the DXY, I think it got to 100, 203. That's 
okay, that's fine. But to me, that's not anything to write home about. But uh, let's continue. Uh, perhaps more importantly, there's no obvious alternative to the dollar. Goldman added, the next two largest economies, the Eurozone and China, are both smaller than the U.S. and the Euro due to its still fragile political underpinnings and the renminbi due to China's capital controls and unique political system have significant shortcomings as reserve currencies. Sven Schubert, senior investment strategist at Europe-based Von Tobel Asset Management, also pointed to the yuan and the euro as the two most viable alternatives over the uh, coming decades. But neither are yet serious competitors, he said. Schubert added that around 50% of global trade contracts are still quoted in the U.S. dollar, despite the country accounting for only about 12% of global trade. The depth of U.S. financial markets is unrivaled. Central banks still prefer to hold a majority of their reserves in U.S. dollars. The key commodities in the world are traded in U.S. dollars, and most global trade contracts are quoted in U.S. dollars and euros, Schubert said. Now, do they actually really prefer to hold their reserves in U.S. dollars, or are their hands simply tied? I mean, yes, key commodities like oil are traded in U.S. dollars, but does that really mean anything when you find out that that arrangement was set into motion in a deal and not out of confidence? But that's another video for another day. If you want to take a look into that, just read about the petrodollar on your own. Um, but let's take a look here um, at what Forbes has to say. Now, many unfortunately make the mistake of only comparing the dollar's dominance to other fiat currencies. They always seem to leave gold out of the picture for some reason. Well, if analysts are forgetting about gold, I can assure you that central banks are not. Check this out. Um, well, first, let me get rid of this uh, ad here. Okay, it's a big ad here, Forbes. Um, central banks go on a gold buying spree over dollar worries. So let's get into it. The world's central banks are on a gold buying spree that has lasted more than a decade. That's the longest period of consistent gold acquisition by the so-called official sector in more than half a century. More than half a century, guys. But this time, the motivations of the buyers are different than they were back in the 1950s. And they are worrying. That's why investors should take note, including anyone who owns SPDR Gold Shares GLD, Exchange Traded Fund, which holds bars of solid bullion. In the distant past, central banks had to buy gold because of its vital role in the global financial system. Now they are choosing to do so because they are worried about the dollar. In other words, they've been scared into this bullion buying binge. Now, uh, to me, that speaks volumes. It's almost like, well, so much for the whole gold bugs are just basement dwellers. Unless you think running central banks um, or those who are running central banks are basement dwellers themselves, well, 
I can't fix that mental cognition issue that some of those people may have if they do think that. But here is a graphical representation of this gold purchasing uh, to really drive the point home. This comes from the uh, World Gold Council. And what you'll see in this uh, graphical representation is uh, just that, just waiting on the graph to open up here. Now, this is what we have. Basically, from 2010 to 2019 and even now, we have net purchases, whereas in the previous decade, we had net sales of gold. Now, let's take a look at this dazzling decade of demand. 2019 marked one decade since central banks became annual net purchasers following the global financial crisis in 2008. The fundamental change in mindset toward, towards gold has resulted in significant and importantly sustained levels of demand. During this time, central banks have added 5,019 tons back to global official gold reserves with an annual average of around 500 tons compared with annual net sales of 443 tons in the preceding decade. And any sales in the last 10 years have been dwarfed by the scale of buying. Now, guys, I don't know about you, but, you know, as far as all of, you know, all of our intelligent gold detractors, I do have to ask the question, how do you account for this? How do you answer this? Yes, there are people who do buy gold and silver, you know, people like myself, people who are on YouTube or whatever. But if you just look at them and don't take a look at the bigger picture, Yes, people have dollars, but people are buying or central banks are buying gold um, at rapid rates now uh, than, than they have in the previous decade post the financial crisis. So my question to you is, what's driving the sea change from pre-financial crisis net sellers to post-financial crisis net buyers? Well... I'll leave that answer uh, to that question to you guys. Um, just let me know in the comment section what you think. Thanks again for watching. Please hit that like button. Please subscribe if you're new. It's Black Bullion.